Hello, everyone. My name is Chris, host of the podcast, Here's My Story. Here's My Story is about opening up and talking about life's tough stuff. Depression, anxiety, chronic illness, loss of a loved one, postpartum, cancer, as well as LGBTQIA acceptance. With each storyteller, we learn that we are not alone in this world and that it's okay to talk about our problems. Like the story of Kathy Kleiner, Ted Bundy survivor, cancer survivor, and more. Stacy, who lost her husband to cancer and became a widow at the age of 37, or Angie, a loving mother who shared her story of support and acceptance of her transgender child. Follow me at Here's My Story Pod on Twitter and Instagram. To submit a story, or if you have any questions, you can email me at Here's My Story Pod at gmail.com. And please subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Hey guys, this is Tori from Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. My co-host Katie and I drop brand new episodes every single Thursday about all things true crime, horror, and conspiracies. Each week we pick a theme like disappearances, unsolved cases, or killer couples, and we tell you all about the crimes that were committed. On every other Tuesday, we take your stories that you write into us and read them for our mini-episodes. Come hang out with us and let us know that the Slay Queens podcast sent you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to... Kind of the podcast. Kind of the podcast. Kind of like being a Slay Queen, but being a, a side chick or male... Or a side folk. folk, if you if you please. Maybe. Yeah. Welcome back to the other thing that we do. Yeah. The shallow dive, yes. as we'd like to call it. It's kind of like the podcast. But not really. But not really like the podcast. But a little bit. A little bit, because we try to make it about the what LGBTQIA plus yeah. community and true crime. Relevant. But sometimes we just talk about whatever we want. It's true. We have gotten off onto tangents. That's what we do. But it's okay. Yeah. Because that's what we're here for. It's what we're here for. Yeah. And that's why we made this. It's our show. And we can do what we want. We can do what we want. We can cry if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. And welcome. most importantly, welcome back, Ashley. Welcome back to you, Wayne. Thank you so much. Um, the most, most importantly. The most, most importantly. Welcome back. Salem. Salem. <laughs> <laughs> if you just heard that sound, he somehow yeah. got out of the extra room and decided I, to jump right on the table. We've talked about Lucy. I don't know that we've introduced Salem. Salem is not very vocal when it comes to the pod, but he is very present. Yes. <laughs> you don't hear him very often, but yeah. he's definitely trying to be around all the time. Yeah. Lucy just wants food constantly and meows. Yeah. But he just wants to be pet. Yeah. They are Ashley's babies. They a couple are. of the Slay Queens uh, mascots at this point. They truly are. Some of our biggest fans. Maybe we should have a picture of them on the We should. We you uh let's let's do that. Let's do photos on the social medias. Yes, we should. Yes. Let's uh, Salem. But welcome back everybody. Welcome. Mostly welcome back Salem. <laughs> 
to the Shallow Dive episode where we pose the question, the, mm-hmm. the ultimate question of the highest level of importance. Yes. What are you, Ashley, <laughs> diving into, Queen? I don't know if that's the most important. I appreciate being on that pedestal for you, though. Um, to be quite honest, not a lot of, you know, visual entertainment, because I had said on the episode we recorded, not, uh, I have no Wi-Fi, but I've been so involved in what's going on when it comes to, like the United States and where we're at. Yeah, uh, it's very responsible. When it comes to that, I mean, when it comes to work, being a hairstylist, just not knowing if I was going to shut down, if I should shut down, if they're going to make me shut down, that whole thing. And then moving in the middle of all that, I'm like, I'm going to have movers in my house. And where have they been? And then this, that, the other thing. Whatever. Anyways, I did start reading, though, uh, Helter Skelter again. And I put that question out on mm-hmm. on Instagram, on my personal account, and it became, like, I had a lot of votes. So it was one of these things where it was between Helter Skelter or uh, The Stranger Beside Me, which is by... People know what Helter Skelter is. If they don't, I will explain. It is basically like the book that's supposed to be based on the Manson murders mm-hmm. and the ideology behind it. And then The Stranger Beside Me is a book written by a woman who was Ted Bundy's best friend. And she was kind of trying to find him, not realizing that it was, and talking to him about it and constantly updating about it, uh, not realizing that it was actually, in fact, her best friend. Excuse me. It's really interesting that you bring that up. I mean, it's all serendipitous. Yeah, isn't Uh, it? (laughs) Yeah. No, I listened to an episode of another podcast this week uh, where she guested Oh, really? Anne Rule? Yeah, and she spoke about her experience. Yeah, that's right. I guess I should have said that. Yeah, yeah, spoke about her experience literally knowing... Could you imagine? That'd be like one of us. Yeah, absolutely. And she she spoke about her experience of knowing that these crimes were happening and talking to him about the fact that these crimes were happening. How crazy is this? Like, can you... Who do you think it... Like, what... what, And having no idea that he was the perpetrator. Yeah. That would literally be like us. Like, if Samar were... I've actually had this happen, not a, not a murder, but I, I at one point in my life, I was uh, dating a police officer, living in a home with a police, another police officer and a firefighter, all women, and <clears throat> the one police officer in the certain county that she was working in knew, like they all knew who this serial rapist was. Mm-hmm. And it was a certain part of Cincinnati and a certain beat, right? Mm-hmm. And he was going to the same place every time to find these women. And the crazy thing was they started putting out, you know, on the radio, on on media, this is the kind of car he drives. It's, I think, I believe it was like a blue Jeep at the time. Uh, I might be wrong, but in any case, it doesn't matter. Um, And after that, the next day, they found his Jeep in the same spot, but it was like spray painted a different color. Oh, wow. So this is someone who was like, it's almost like what we, it's true crime. I mean, it's what yeah. we talk about all the time. So like he was obviously paying attention to what was going very on. Very plugged in. And very meticulous. So like everybody in this department knew who this gentleman, well, shouldn't say gentleman, but I always just say that when it comes to men, yeah. uh, this this man was, but they could not do anything because there was never any of it, evidence. He was very meticulous about cleaning up afterwards and making sure there was nothing left behind. And I remember them being in a store that he showed up into. And her face was just fucking red. Like, we need to leave. Because there's nothing you can do. So imagine being in that situation, being in law enforcement, knowing 
this is someone that you're going after and you cannot do anything about it. Yeah. And then this is a person who is her best friend. And then you find out later, what would you even feel down the road? I can only speculate. I mean, I think most people can only speculate as to how they would feel. I would feel first and foremost deceived, I think. I think maybe that's why it's, it's, I'm like pumping the brakes and I'm like even wanting yeah. to read that book, you know, because I'm, I'm a little, I just feel like I empathize so much with people that it's going to be hard to read, yeah. you know? I know that I would feel deceived and I would also feel, I think, just like an idiot. Sure. Um, because... When you feel like you're a crime queen. Yeah. Yeah. And you should see the signs. Go on. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. I, it, I just feel like... I can only speak, I've never experienced anything quite like that specifically sure. in my life, but I remember what it was like for me when uh, my previous relationship, one of my previous long-term relationships had ended, and um, I found out just the sort of person he actually was. Sure. And it was kind of similar where I just kept asking myself, I was like, who did I lie next to? Yeah. yeah, who did I lie next to? every night in bed for four plus years. How did I not know that he was capable of doing these awful things? Now he wasn't, he wasn't committing murder, but he was doing things to hurt me personally and to hurt our relationship. And I just felt so deceived that I never- I had no idea. I I never, I had no idea. I never realized that he was that person. Isn't that why they say love is blind? Yes. I mean, I know they've made a Netflix series out of it and t- turned it into something completely different, yeah. but <laughs> that is originally why that's a term. That yeah. or, you know, ignorance is bliss. Absolutely. I think those two kind of go in the hand in yeah. hand because I think love is blind comes first. But then once that like, or I, I should say infatuation is blind a lot of the time. Yeah. I think, um, sure, in your situation after four years, you certainly do love a person, right? But when it completely. comes to like the first part of a relationship... The infatuation is blind and then you fall in love potentially and then that can be blind. But a lot of the times you come to that turning point of like, okay, is either love blind or is just ignorance bliss? Both sometimes. Yeah. And it could be a hot combination. You're right. And I mean, I imagine in the case of Anne Rule with Ted Bundy, um, just because they weren't in love didn't mean that there wasn't. I was just thinking, you know, Luca Magnata's mom, certain... Gacy's mom is the perfect example because at least she admits she doesn't know that, you know, she's obviously lost part of her memory and everything like that. But she sits back and she doesn't say there's no way he did this. Mm -hmm. She says, I know that he probably did these horrible things, but he's my son. How do I not love him? How do I not love him? It is unconditional love. And that's a very real thing. I do believe for sure. And I do think oftentimes when there is a relationship or there's a love element, whether or not it be romantic we do make excuses. And you can love someone no matter how fucked up they are. You can yeah. love someone from prison. I couldn't see loving a child who was one of the most heinous serial killers in history, but I've never been in that position before. Well, that's because, I mean, in, in for argument's sake, that's because you are on this side of things knowing... Sure. You know, you've, you have, for lack of a better term, you've developed your opinion of that person knowing that they were the, one of the most heinous serial mm-hmm. killers of all time. I didn't time. know them before that. You didn't know them before I didn't that. didn't birth them. Exactly. And she... I didn't raise them too. That's exactly. a good point. To, like, when I thought of, like, when I was watching, you know, Luca Magnata's mom, aside from her, like, insanely long platinum blonde fake ponytail, which... Was offensive. <laughs> 
little bit. I mean, honey, you're real pretty. You're a gorgeous woman. But mm-hmm. like, if you're going to have all those little flyaways around the front, we're going to know that that's a weave. Yeah. <laughs> you have to at least slick it back like Ari does. You know, and I've had people ask me, like, how do you think Ariana Grande's hair is so long? I'm like, it's not real. Like, oh, my God. You really think that's actually her ponytail? She legitimately like, says what? it. She legitimately says it. Yes. You like my hair. Oh, thanks. Just bought it. She thinks just, <laughs> she bought, thinks it. just bought it. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, this is the first time in my life. Well, I shouldn't say in my life, but in the last 10 years that I've gone without hair extensions, basically, I'm letting it do its thing. I'm fine with admitting that, you know. It looks gorgeous. In any case, Luca's mom, she was not willing to admit that he had done these things. It was this sense of like, and to me personally, I'm thinking just outwardly speaking, and this is me judging, of course. This is just Mm -hmm. me speculating. But I'm thinking you don't want to admit what you raised. You're going to think that people are going to think it's your fault that's exactly yeah that was my moment of silence i'm not saying it's your fault i'm not i'm not exactly okay so i should have said it no 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 no. i I, i'm not blaming her by any means i think that people have their own mental issues and like underlying things that you don't realize when they're born fine whatever but like she's obvious or some people i feel feel like if i admit this then that means that i did wrong i think a lot of parents assume a certain amount of responsibility Mm -hmm. when their children don't turn out the way that they thought they would or the way that society thinks that they should Mm -hmm. um and obviously if they 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 become murderers or serial killers they clearly did not turn out the way that society would would think that they should so obviously nobody wants their kid to be a serial killer i'm not i'm not condoning that in any sort of way but if i um consider something that's not as offensive as becoming a murderer serial killer like my mother for example she assumed a certain amount of responsibility uh thinking that she had done something wrong raising me when i came out as gay so i think naturally parents you and i aren't parents to at least not to uh, human children (laughs) um i think parents naturally assume a certain amount of responsibility when they see an air quotes flaw whether it be an actual flaw or a flaw uh, in the way that their child turned out. Certainly. And I definitely think denial is maybe, is an easier thing denial than... Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I think denial is maybe a little bit easier than accepting some of that responsibility that you would take onto yourself in that situation that you don't need to. You don't need to, absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%, but I can absolutely see that. Like, okay. I... Yeah. Even, even as like a dog parent, like I used to hate that when I had Dexter still around, Mm -hmm. my little chihuahua, he would go to my parents' house and almost immediately poop on their, on their carpet. But I think that's because he's a dog who has never been around carpet and he gets the most nervous. He had been abused when I got him for 19 months. Like that, that dog was the most abused, most scared dog. Plus he's a chihuahua on top of it. They're already nervous. They're already nervous. Yeah. And... I think that's what it was. He, he, to him, carpet was grass because he had never been around it before. Yeah. I didn't have area rugs. I, and if I did, it was like a small thing. He knew it wasn't okay. So like he would immediately go to my parents' house and boom. And I would get mad at them for getting mad at me. Yeah. I'm like, he wouldn't do that. He doesn't do that yeah. at my house. Like, I don't know why he's doing that there. And, it, I, and all I had to do was sit back and think like, okay, well, it's probably because of this. Yeah. But I was always so argumentative about him. Like he would never, it has to be one yeah. of your dogs, you know? But 
in any case. It's, it's, it's similar. the same it's kind of similar, idea. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine if, it, if that was a child that like had the cognitive skills to do things, I would be like, no, it's your fault that he did that. It's not my mm-hmm. fault. I didn't do that, you know? Yeah, or just complete denial. Or, yeah, no, he didn't that do did, that, that at all. That didn't happen. That did, must have been, happen yeah, that way. Like I said, it must have been one of your dogs. It must have yeah. been one of your kids. It must have yeah. been someone else. It must have been you. There. You pooped on your yeah. own carpet. You have a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mad at you. Of a pooping ghost. <laughs> An angry pooping ghost. <laughs> Where's the rabbit at? <laughs> so, anything else? Uh, let me, I mean, I have been, okay, so I did start Helter Skelter again, and I almost immediately, I read it when I was younger, and I almost immediately just fell back in love. Like, I was like, this is yeah. perfect, the best thing to be reading when there is no Wi-Fi. Um, we didn't watch, to me, it's an LGBTQIA side, because I feel like, I mean, I mostly identify personally as a gay man, because all of my interests are surrounding. Yeah. The t- typical kind of ideology. Uh, we watched the Sex in the City movie again. Okay. I haven't watched that in so long. I I really enjoy it. Uh, I don't know how other other people feel about oh, it. Oh, it's per one se, of my favorites. But I really enjoy. It. I still think it has some of the best lessons. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yes. Um. Sorry about that. I literally turn off the notifications to every device that I have, and somehow, some way, one of them, at least one of them, <laughs> manages to squeak its way through. Uh, so I do apologize about that. But yes, Sex in the City. Loved the movie. Loved the series. Not when I watched it the first go around because mm-hmm. I didn't follow it like religiously, start to finish. But it's hard later, to pick up on, yeah. yeah, later uh, I went back and binged the entire series. As Did you watch a, the movie first? Uh, yeah, I had seen okay. the movie. Yeah, went back and watched the, the series thing. as a single thirty-something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hunter, we love you. And that's actually my mother's. Oh. Um, it's like she knows we were talking about. It, yeah, her. absolutely. Uh, went back and watched binge the entire series as a thing single thirty something, and it was just one of the most amazing experiences. Sure, loved I think, it so I much. Think... Identified so much with all of it. I think for me, I've always had like an old soul. So when that movie came out a few years ago, I was not in my thirties yet, but mentally I had been in my thirties since I was like 21. All my friends, like I had, I've talked about before, like when I got thrown into kind of like the lesbian community, all of my friends were older. Like that's who went to bars. I had a fake ID. All of my friends were substantially older than me and knew that they were. And kind of, I think liked that part. I like having younger friends because I can be like, well, when I was your age, like, just look out for, you know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's almost like you get to share your kind of, like, knowledge with someone else in the community kind of thing. So when I watched it, I had seen, like, a, you a couple episodes, and then I watched the movie when it was in theaters. I went and saw it because I was like, I like that show. Yeah. I mean, movies always are different, and I just absolutely was in love, which is so funny because if you look through my collections of DVDs, like... It's extensive because I lived through the time of not streaming things. And it's really hard for me to like <laughs> yeah. transfer over into streaming yeah. things. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the only like quote unquote girly movies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to call it, but I was like going through Sierra's DVDs when we like mm-hmm. moved in here and, and, and hers are the, I don't want to call her out. <laughs> hers are like these like eat pray love and like these like cute little like sweet movies that are really great movies and then mm-hmm. you like go through mine and it's like friday the 13th all the night around elm streets like <laughs> the poultry guys the exorcist like uh the movie i tried to play the other night 
was Zodiac. The Zodiac okay. Killer. Yeah. It's a great so good. So good. fucking movie. Highly and underrated. I even put, tried to put it on last night just so we could talk about it on the shallow dive today, but new TVs, old DVD players, don't even fucking try. <laughs> it's not mm. worth it. First world problems. <clears throat> but that fucking movie, so, so good. good. So good. Like, the best actors, too. I was, I was, I was literally just about to say, it's so well casted. Yes. And Such... I was amazed that it didn't do better than it did. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably the content. I mean, maybe, honestly, I, I even thought about that, too, because I had seen it. This is so crazy. I was at work. This was probably a few months ago. I was at my part-time job at Starbucks, and Rob, who has the same interests as me, like, yeah. loves the same things. He's like, I've got all these Blu-rays. Like, total Blu-ray. friend of the Queens. Oh, yeah, total friend of the Queens. Um, I, have the, I have these Blu-rays, like, and I have a couple, you know, doubles. He's like, do you have a copy of... Uh, no. I said, we were talking about all these movies that he had, and he was like, one of them was the Zodiac uh, movie. And I was like, I don't think I've seen that. I don't know much about the Zodiac killer, whatever, whatever. And he was like, oh, well, I have an extra one. I'll bring it to you. He's like, do you have a copy of Silence of the Lambs? And I said, not on Blu-ray. And he goes... I'll bring you one of those too. So he brought me that and he's like, just keep them. And Sierra and I went to watch the Zodiac one and we played it. And it was like maybe 13 minutes in before I was like, I have seen this before. <laughs> I remember all of this. I've I totally watched this movie. I bought it on Amazon. I shouldn't have taken this. Now I feel bad. <laughs> I was going to be shocked if you hadn't seen honestly, it. Honestly. Yeah. Like I saw it come across Amazon like months before that. And I was like, Ooh, Right now, let's watch yeah. it. And I bought it without even watching it. And, oh, it's... But even after realizing, I was like, let's keep watching, though. It's so good. It is. It is so, so, so good. It's so well-casted. It's just a, a really fantastic movie. What is his name? Iron Man. Why can I not think of his name? The guy who plays Iron Man. Oh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. He... Why is he always my favorite actor in every movie? Because he's phenomenal. He's fucking phenomenal. He's mind-blowing to me. Even in Iron Man, like, I'm not a huge, I will admittedly say, like, I liked comic books when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Not a huge, like, superhero, like, movie fan when it comes to, like, Marvel and all of these movies that come out. But Iron Man, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Just because of the fact, I remember being a kid and thinking, like, why doesn't Superman or Batman just say who they are? Like, just fucking come out. Like, why does it have to be such a huge secret? Like, I get it. Like, the mystery, whatever. And then Iron Man at the end of Iron Man just goes, you know what? I'm Iron Man. Like, spoiler alert for everyone else. But (laughs) I loved that part. I'm like, thank you. My childhood questions have been answered. You finally did it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. It's probably why Deadpool's my favorite, though. Favorite, favorite. Well, there's so much of a comedic element to that one as well. It's a real vibe, right? It's it's so great. It really is. It's so great. So. Your turn. My turn. What am I diving into? Yes. Um, what are you diving Honestly, into? there's just, there's been so much recently because I think everybody has a little bit more downtime. Yes. Lately, because we're uh, all self-quarantining. Did you finish The Outsider yet? At this point. I have not finished The Outsider mm-hmm. yet. I've told you this before. Um, it's one of those few things that Hunter and I can agree on and That's that fair. we can watch together. And he has a little bit of an issue. He's still been working, right? Finishing. Yes, he's still working. Yeah. Uh, he has an issue finishing yeah. series. 
So you still have it. That's why I'm asking though. So I'm we like, still have it. I'm gonna text him. We keep finding you other things to You need to finish this watch. for me. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, maybe we'll do it tonight even. But <laughs> I really, really, really want to. So we can't talk about that yet. Um, as okay. far as I'm gonna keep asking you. <laughs> as far as as far as like kind of a true crime element, um, I have gone back and I have watched a few episodes of Forensic Files, and I was just really very intrigued. Honestly, I was doing what I kind of was calling a bit of research for the pod, but also just kind of passing a little bit of the unexpected time that I have now. Sure. Um, and I literally there was like one. I, I don't even know how many episodes in total there are of Forensic Files. I just know there's like. 12 collections and like over 20 something episodes on each collection. Yeah, so many. So, uh, and I was just curious anything that we might be able to talk about it on the pod in the future. And I just particularly find these cases, you know, well, more interesting. All true crime I find interesting, but I find these particularly interesting. The ones that do involve the I LGBTQIA plus community. Yeah. Um, and I literally just Googled forensic files, gay cases. And there were a few that popped up. There was literally three that popped up. One of which was uh, called The Brotherhood, which interestingly enough was a case that we've already covered on the podcast. Okay. It was the Williams Brothers. That drove me nuts because I had texted you like, what was it, a week no, a couple days after we recorded that episode, and mm-hmm. it just so happened, I always have forensic files going, and it yeah. was like, what, Collection 5 or something, maybe? Uh, I, I, I don't remember five. off the top of my head. Collection 5, yeah. because I wrote down the next episode, but anyways, it's Collection 5, and like, I opened my, you know, Netflix, and I just pushed forensic files, like, yeah. keep playing, and I'm hearing these facts, and I'm hearing, you know, this case, and I'm, like, in the kitchen, far away from the TV in the old apartment, and I saw, I thought to myself, what case is this? This sounds really familiar. And that happens frequently, right? Yeah. You've heard certain things before. And then I just stood in my living room for a good 10 minutes, because I'm like, they're not fucking talking about the case that we literally <laughs> just yeah. had a hard time finding information about. Yeah. And it sure as shit, yeah. it was right there. And I texted you, like... I'll be damned. It was very interesting because in my research, I also didn't come yeah, across. Yeah, we paid for episodes too much. Yeah, so it, it literally just the the tags had to have been all completely different. Yeah, honestly, which was really interesting. But I mean, it just goes to show that the the it, internet is so huge. Well, and it makes sense that at the beginning of that episode, I was like, "There's so many different ways to, to like title this. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna call it, you know, the heinous crimes. Yeah, <laughs> the Williams brothers. The Williams yeah. brothers. We're You're absolutely the Williams correct. Brothers, and there's so many different ways to describe it. That's yeah. crazy. So yeah, but what was the other two? Uh, one of them was called cop out uh which literally just reading the title like having known the google search criteria that i put in and seeing the title cop out i, I wonder was if like it's the, i wonder if it's go ahead you know i was like i know exactly what this story is gonna be yeah. about uh some closeted uh cop, cop who uh murders yep. his his gay lover and mm-hmm. it absolutely 1000 percent ended up being a married closeted cop who i wonder you're going to have to tell me what episode it is, because I wonder if it's a case that I had found before. I'm also going to have to tell you what it is that's so important to my mother <laughs> that she keeps texting. I think the issue, you guys, is when we're recording, we can't really turn the sound down on the laptop, and it's coming through. 
What is that to shut off your notification on the laptop? I have, if we can I, figure I that have out. done that. I <laughs> literally have gone in and shut off notifications for everything, and somehow, some way, something still gets through. So I do apologize. I know that it's frustrating to some listeners, <laughs> and I do apologize. No, it's okay. Yeah. Everybody gets texts. But it's literally, the t- it's titled Cop Out, so you can just... But I do wonder, because there was one case I was trying to send you that had been on forensic, like a forensic files called like a different version kind yeah. of. It's a Netflix version. No, no, this was like a, this was a, a dramatization version of, it wasn't forensic files, but it was for, it was a cold case file that became a forensic file. It was gotcha. cold case files. Gotcha. And they did an episode about this. I wonder if it was the same one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cop Out is season 10, episode 26. Okay, I haven't gotten that yeah. far. Season 10, episode 26. Just did a quick uh, Google. Or unless it's one that I saw, you know, back in the day when I had just randomly watched yeah. Forensic Files. And oh, I'm sure I've finish. made it through all of them oh, at some point, but it's been so long. Yeah. And like, then... I tried to go back and watch The X-Files, like, you know, that TV show? Yeah, yeah. I used to love as a kid. Yeah. And it came on, like, Amazon Prime, I think, a few years ago, and I tried to watch it again, and I'm like, I remember about 50% of this, so it's really hard to watch it all the way through when you're like, I remember this, don't remember this, now I remember this, you know, that kind of thing. In any case, so what about... And then there was a third that... There was a third that actually uh, enlightened me about a serial killer that I was completely unaware of that I'm not going to go into too much detail about because I want to feature that person on, uh, on the podcast, like the, like the main episodes of the podcast. Is it one of the later seasons, your collections? I, I, I don't, I obviously uh, haven't I was not prepared. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's um, probably later. Cause I'm only in like, uh, season 14. Yeah. So season yeah. 14. So yeah. I'm only in like, collection yeah. like five, six now at this yeah. point and it's just it's really interesting um when you stumble upon these cases uh i feel like this is one that i should have known a little bit more about considering that it was a, a serial offender sure. but i it's really it's interesting in the fact that somebody asked me recently whether or not we had trouble finding content for our podcast because we're so specific about the types of cases that we're seeking out true crime against the LGBTQIA plus community. Sure. And I was like, you know what? You might think that since we limited it to these like victims specifically, that it, it would be, but no, there's so much out there. And I think the reason that people are asking that question or even considering that is because there haven't been people like us in the past who are talking about these cases specifically. So I'm so glad that you and I are doing that and that there are a couple of other people out there now that are doing something similar. I definitely am too. And I am, I'm not going to lie. Like when you told me this was going to be these, the specific idea, like we had talked about before, we should have a podcast, but of course we both said like there are a thousand of those true crime podcasts out there. Yeah. Of course we talk about this all the time. We have similar interests, but we're always talking about cases that like, everybody knows that's how we bonded it was like yeah. a case like what did you what did you think about Lacey peterson what did you think about you know Stephen avery like what did you think about adnan sayed like all of these yeah. different like cases and things like that and it's different when you try to find things that you don't already know about and like we've said before in kind of diving into 
just LGBTQIA related things, you would think it would be hard. But historically, there have been crimes against the LGBTQIA community. If we wanted to, like, you know, go brawl us through the streets and, like, scream and beat our chests about how bad we have been, you know, treated, mm-hmm. we could do that at yeah. this point. Like, we have learned how much has we've been ignored, basically. But, like, that's not what the podcast is about. It's basically just trying to get these stories out there and the plethora of, like, income of you should talk about this story and you should talk about this story. Like I really thought we would have an issue finding like stories to talk about, but it's crazy how much there is out there to talk about. Yeah. There's so much. We get a list. We get to a point of like a list and we have this huge list of like, who do we want to do next? How do we make it sound different from the last episode? Cause there is so much out there. There is so much out there. And because we've been victimized, we, the collective, we have been victimized so much as a community over and over and over again so many of these stories sound similar in their details. So like you were saying, we try to make them not sound similar Uh over and over and over again. We're going to tell these stories and they're going to sound similar, but we're trying to not do them uh, consecutively. Consecutively. It's like, here's a similar story, a little bit different, but it's still intriguing because you're not hearing the same shit over and over again. We want to keep people interested and keep them intrigued. Those of us who do have this, this passion for Mm -hmm. true crime. And a quick check of my phone did reveal it was something important. So everyone forgive me Yeah, uh, that my mom was texting about. Um, I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this. And it's something that maybe I'll talk about on the pod um, or in a shallow dive episode or or something at some point. But I do have a family member, a close family member of mine who a couple of years ago now uh, was murdered. Yeah. And um, it's an ongoing trial. Sure. And uh, my mom has... uh, Wait, I feel like you may have... Yeah. My mom will be... um, She'll be testifying at the trial when it happens uh, as a witness uh, to some of the things uh, that happened. And she, I guess, got um, some information uh, about the the proceedings today. And she was texting me about it. So it was something important. (laughs) We appreciate it. was something important. So I asked... I do ask a forgiveness for everyone, but that is something that I think we will talk about uh, at some point in time. It's definitely true crime related. It's definitely true crime related. She's trying to be part of the podcast, you know? for sure. Can't fault her for that. Yeah. And for my queer element this week, um, my brand new celebrity crush, I, oh my goodness. Um, I am so into Harry Styles right now. Oh, I knew you were Oh my gosh. I should have known that. Why did I? I mean, he's a total cutie, but for me, attraction is so much more than just the way someone looks physically. I'm going to ask, is he, what's his sexual orientation? I don't even know. I I think it's been highly rumored for a long time that he's bisexual. And from what I understand. I hope he actually is straight and just looking the way that he does and saying it doesn't matter what I'm into. Like what I'm into is actually I can dress how I want and act how I want. I don't want to say I hope that he's straight, but like it's a good omen to have that like. I think the most he's come out uh, as officially saying is that he's, he's his sexuality is ambiguous. Okay, yeah. Good for so him, he's he's just open, but he's done some some hilarious things like on Saturday Night Live recently, mm-hmm. where he's kind of making fun of his own sexuality, um, you know, being attracted to Nick Jonas and 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 whatnot. Who's you not know, attracted to Nick Jonas? Yeah, right. Um, but it's <laughs> it's very fun, and he's also definitely playing with like gender norms and that's fact- what i love i'm so i've always been a huge like 
when it comes to androgyny. Yeah. And recently, <laughs> Why is that my thing? Recently, he did a photo spread for uh, the cover of Beauty Papers. Okay, I haven't seen this yet. Yeah. Let me and, see. Let me um, see. <laughs> I don't have it pulled up. <laughs> oh, no, of course. I don't have it pulled <laughs> it's okay. up. Okay, I'll look it up. I don't have it pulled up, but he. Uh, he I was did thinking some of photos. the pink suit that he had on. No, 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 no. no, no. He, he did this uh, photo spread where he was wearing fishnet tights oh, with heeled Gucci loafers. And he looks no, absolutely he amazing. Yeah, I can I can pull this up really quickly. I need to see. Yes, yes, yes. If I already saw that like pink, like perfectly tailored, like it was like a tuxedo suit almost. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think yes. it was maybe an album cover or like yeah. a, a thumbnail for a single or something. I don't listen to the music. And he's just such a cutie. <sighs> he's just such a cutie, and because he's- I have developed this greater appreciation for him. I'm an Apple. I'm an Apple Music user. I know a lot of people do Spotify. I'm an well, Apple Starbucks user. Starbucks pays for it, so yeah. that's why I, so. I was paying for iTunes until I worked for Starbucks, and yeah. I was like, "Stop paying for that. I yeah. will go to Spotify." I went in and downloaded his Essentials playlist, and he's actually also a really talented musician. And I just have such okay. a newfound respect for him as far as like being open and out about um, being fluid in his sexuality and his gender and kind of like working against the gender norms and just the fact that he is a really talented person um, and is doing these things in a very like public way. And he's using- American, right? No, he's not. Okay. Yeah. Where's he from? I don't know. I thought I asked me. He's from the UK. We'll say like I he's from the UK. I told you before before we did the Shalabuzz that I literally had nothing prepared. (laughs) Well, I'm Um, just wondering because have you ever heard of Youngblood? Yes. So he makes me feel the same way. It's a different genre of music. Yes. Of course, Youngblood has become more pop, of course. Yeah. But, like, I have this, like, affinity for finding, like, these new artists. Like, I loved Billie Eilish when she was fucking 13, right? Like, yeah. I find these, like, young artists on Instagram, and I just have this, like, affinity for, like, how are they going to grow into... And I feel like Youngblood and uh, Harry Styles are around the same age, but I love Youngblood because it's a different genre of music in that he's, like, it's fucking rock and roll. Like... He does an interview with, I think, uh, I think it might have been GQ. No, it wasn't GQ. It was, I can't remember. It was an interview with a magazine, though, and and he had posted, like, a short story as part of it where they throw, like, a skirt at him, and they're, like, or a dress at him, and they're, like, why do you feel the need to, like, wear dresses on stage? Like, he wears lingerie, like, like, 90s, like, on stage, and, like, in fishnets, and he wears lipstick, and, um... I'm pretty sure he's bisexual. I'm pretty sure he's come out as bisexual, but in any case, he's come out as being accepting of whoever you are. Um, But he says in the interview, he was like, because it makes me feel sexy. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, okay. And he's like, you know, it's, you know, wear what you want, do what you like. It's fucking rock and roll, baby. Like I put it on because I like it. Yeah. And you should do that. You should do things because you like them. Yeah. Harry Styles is English, by the way. There you go. Yes. I'm pretty sure Youngblood's British. Don't put me on that. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure just based on the accent. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done my uh, deep dive into that. But, yeah. So, part of that, I think, too, is why I asked, like, what country is he from? Because mm-hmm. I feel like if these were American men, it would be a different... 
Oh, it's very different with American men. Absolutely. It's very different with American men. That's open. Not that we don't see a certain amount of openness uh, with some of these celebrities who are American, like Nick Jonas, for example. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, but he's not quite that open and that fluid. And maybe that's just not him who to he me, is maybe that's, that's not his too. authentic but self to me in america it's almost like this idea of like if you want to be that open and be that who you are it's almost like you feel like you have to claim gender non-binary and there is nothing wrong with claiming that i yeah. love that obviously androgyny is my thing if that's how you feel that you yeah. want to identify i adore that but i feel like people feel like I can't be a man and identify as a man and have these effeminate qualities like that about me. I would have to identify as that. Well, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week on the shallow dive with bisexuality. I think it's fair. You a have lot that of side stripped of you. Yeah, if you come out as being even like open or fluid about your gender or your sexuality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then at least our society here in the United States immediately rips away anything other than... Because the American workers, these strong men are the backbone of this nation where, like, when it comes to, like, the UK and, like, certain other more progressive countries, when it comes to, like, healthcare, uh, teachers and, like, sexuality, everything like that, it's a little bit more, like, you can be yourself. We don't see... um, Korean artists acting the same way. We don't see Indian artists acting the same way. These are different kind of like ideologies in different countries where you're not necessarily allowed to express yourself in that way. And in here in our country, I believe it's because not everyone, not us, obviously, and not probably most of our listeners. It's not the be a man aspect, but that's the general idea here. I agree. I agree. I can't uh, argue that in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure you've felt it before. I have. <laughs> I have. And God bless Harry Styles. He's a, you know, you're about to have uh, some quarantine time. <laughs> I just sat down in front of him. I'm like, you've watched Chris Folk, right? He's like, I've watched some episodes and all the way through. I'm like, seasons one and two. Boom. Boom. Just sat it down. Here there you we go. go. Hope you have a DVD player. <laughs> I'm sure I have one somewhere. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little more next time. Yeah. Next time. But we do have to wrap this up. We weren't we quite so shallow That's all right. on this shallow dive. But thank you, thank you, thank you all for joining thank us you. again. And if you enjoy the Queens, please hit us up on our social medias or at our email or at Patreon. Uh, and those are what again, Ashley? Slaykins Pod. Slaykins Pod. Yes. Always. At Twitter, Facebook, uh, as I said, on Patreon, at Gmail, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you all thank so much. You. That's all I have, Ashley. Do you have anything else? It's all my ramblings for today. All right. See so. you. I can hear the rest of them, <laughs> or you once we click the mic. <laughs> exactly. <off. laughs> so go out and slay queens. Just not each other. Just not each other. <laughs> I'm going away, but I won't.